Hey guys, welcome to the Wild PPC Bunch podcast. My name is Lazar and I'm a PPC nerd. I have over 10 years of experience in online advertising and currently I'm the owner of the growing Amazon advertising agency called Sellers Alley. And I'm Brent, the owner of AMZ Pathfinder. I started this company five years ago and we've been working in online advertising since 2013. Every week we will spend around 30 minutes covering one topic and it will get nerdy, I promise. We'll prepare a topic covering everything from PPC basics, in-depth strategy, and current trends. One thing's for sure, you won't be bored and you will hear insights, tactics, and ideas straight from two experienced agency owners. So strap in for the ride and enjoy. Hey guys, today we are talking about one interesting topic called sponsor brands. And we're going to do some deep dive here. Uh, just like in every episode now, Brent is here. Hey, Brent. Hello, hello. Hey, Lazar. Yeah, we're going to do a deep dive today. So get your snorkeling gear ready. Uh, it's summer. You know, we're at the Mediterranean. Uh, there's no coral, but there's plenty of good looking fish. And they're called sponsored brands. Fish. <laughs> I don't know. Weird, <laughs> weird intro. <laughs> yeah, it'll work. It'll work. Well, it's a podcast about PPC, so we can have stupid jokes. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People already know we're nerds, so it's fine. Yeah, it's 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 cool. So when we wanted to start this episode, and we when we started writing down what's the name of the topic, we started talking about sponsor brands, and we realized that sponsor brands didn't have that name from the beginning. So it was headline search ads. Yeah, yeah, for years it was called headline search. We often abbreviated as HSA just to make it easy. You know, like right now we call sponsor brands SB, but they were an AMS only ad type at the time. It was not inside of what we now call, uh, you know, advertising console. Uh, well, it was inside of advertising console, which was what you, AMS used to be. See, it's already getting confusing, but it was not available, importantly, inside of Seller Central. Um, that, and that's where we did the majority of ad management. So it was only if clients had access to a special, a special Valhalla of, uh, of AMS, if they could use this ad type back in the day. I think we should make it even more complicated. So let's go like this. There was Seller Central and yes. Amazon Advertising Console. And you were able to use headline search ads in headline uh, in advertising console, but you weren't able to use them in Seller Central. And after some time, they introduced it to Seller Central. And then they started switching Seller Central to advertising console. So right. and <laughs> if, if you guys are matters <laughs> even further, they also had feature parity at one point. But, you know, in the beginning, the, the features and I think even the ad inventory was slightly, slightly different between Seller Central and AMS. Uh, and it, yeah, that caused issues because we tried to migrate some of them over for easier management. They didn't work as well and we had to like push them back. So it was this whole song and dance that Amazon put us through. But now uh, things are much more clear. So they're available everywhere uh, as long as you have brand registry. Yeah. So for brand registry, it's obviously important to register your brand, obviously. And there are two versions at this point, like regular one and new version with like 2.0. With 2.0, you're getting even more options and more possibilities when it comes to to advertising. But overall, for headline search ads or sponsor brand ads, like I really like calling them headline search ads, like <laughs> to, today, to be honest. Still. Yeah, and and like you need to have your brand registered to be able to use them. 
And at the beginning, there was no reporting. And overall, Amazon advertising console didn't have a lot of reporting. And if, if it had anything there, they, I think sponsor brand ads are the last one that, that got negative keywords out of all of them. And they, they, they evolved a lot. Like at the beginning, uh, you were able to, to show up only on the top of the page, like on the search result page. And it grew like in any direction. So you, you're able to use them on top, at the bottom, next to the filter, you know, product listing and like a whole bunch of different places where you can use headline search ads or sponsor brand ads and, and to advertise. And yeah, I remember it show up everywhere mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, there's no one area I can think of where that ad inventory doesn't appear. And it's to the point where a lot of the ad types you know, when someone sends a screenshot to one of us, I'm sure you get this, right? And they say, what ad type is this? What is this? It's becoming increasingly difficult to tell, not only because Amazon themselves is testing and rotating things frequently, but actually the ad inventory is kind of spilling over in places where we would traditionally have seen, oh, well, that's clearly sponsored products. It's like, no, that could actually be sponsored brands, but we have to pay attention to how it's customized and what it looks like now. Um, to make an educated guess on that. At the beginning, it was difficult because you could change the main image. So you could use any image that you wanted. You can use, mm-hmm. you, you could use your the logo of your company or use a product listing image or like whatever you wanted. Like we even tested like lifestyle images. And at the beginning, you were able to create everything, like create um, to, to do some something that is kind of shady and not allowed to do anymore, like use... <laughs> Uh, use product image and just like do Photoshop on the top and, and write like Prime Day Deal or stuff like that. So people used to do that kind of stuff and you're not able to do that anymore, especially because you can show only your logo as a main image and you right. can add up to free products on the right side. And that's that was a really bad idea at the beginning. And it was mostly because the size of the ad was different. And like when you check from your cell phone, it, it, it would look really bad. It would show only your logo. And if you're a small brand, nobody would literally click on it just because they don't, they don't know that Well, yeah, you no exist. one knows your logo. Historically, we discovered that using a logo was, in most cases, not really that good of an idea, even though that was what Amazon suggested. We would most often go with a product image. And so we'd have product image and then three products. And oftentimes it was one of those three products. Um, And now the restrictions around that, as you mentioned, are much tighter. However, yeah, there's new ad types that allow us to put other things in there, custom image types, video. Maybe we should dive into some of the some of the new things. Yeah, there there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do. Like just just to jump in for that part with logo, they changed the, the sizes of of those ads. So now you can see logo and you can start seeing like half of the next product that's that's standing on the right. So you know that it's it's an ad. So you can scroll to the right and see other products, not just the logo. And and as as you mentioned, like especially when uh, product images showed up or like lifestyle images, like it's something called uh, beta version of um, images for sponsored brands, and that's completely crazy. Like everybody started sharing the, like screenshots of other brands advertising that when they were like, "What's this?" 
And like you, you, you didn't know what to answer because you didn't know, and because it was, <laughs> it was, it wasn't available for everybody. It was just for right. like that's select right. And I think there's amounts. still some accounts where you're not going to find it. And we're talking specifically about U.S. here, right? Too, Lazar. Like this is a U.S. Yeah, 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 yeah. primarily thing because we don't have sponsored brands video. Uh, what some people call video in search, uh, mm-hmm. although I think that's a slightly different thing. Um, in uh, Europe, I can't think of a single European account that we work with that has that available as of as of right now. We're recording this the 14th of July uh, to serve as a to serve as a, a little uh, memory memory stamp there. But um, yeah, the custom images is one of the easiest things to iterate on because uh, you just need an image of the right size. But it really can make the ad look so much more professional and mm-hmm. uh, I guess like higher class. Uh, especially if you have really good lifestyle imagery, that's the appropriate place for lifestyle imagery. Because in our experience testing previously, lifestyle images did not work as like the image on the left side. And now they're just not even allowed at all. So uh, I guess Amazon heard us and decided to make a custom image type there instead, provide for a place to put that. Oh, you know what I would try there instead of lifestyle image? I would literally try to find my customer using the product and like it's still lifestyle image but with real customers because mm-hmm. social proof is something that people like to see in the ad so i would definitely try to a b test like compare a lifestyle image that is a really nice clean image created like in studio or wherever and compare mm-hmm. it to something that is made by amateur like somebody that is using the product right. i didn't know authentic so to speak yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> authenticity valued at a pretty high premium these days i think yeah exactly and so basically there are as as we started talking there there are a couple of ways that that you can um advertise you can use your products like free main products and and logo on on far left uh, you can use custom images, and the third version is videos. So right. those are the big three at the moment. Yeah, and I think videos are going to become like more and more important in in Amazon world over the time. Oh yeah, we should mention one one more thing that we we saw recently, both of us, and I, I remember that we discussed it about it. We we still don't have access to it, and I'm pretty sure in a couple of months when we listen to this podcast, we're going to laugh about it, like because mm-hmm. we didn't have it. It's uh, audio ads. Oh, yeah. I've seen that talked about just in the past couple of days, but uh, I think that's only available at a very high minimum spend and through Amazon's you know, media group, not necessarily through sponsored, uh, sponsored brands yet. Although that is exciting and maybe something to put in the predictions section. Should we do predictions at the end for, for things in the future? I think we should, definitely. Right. Especially let's, because... Let's save that one for the end. I got, yeah, I got yeah, a couple yeah. other ideas for predictions too, but hey, let's, let's talk about targeting types. So... <laughs> Historically, sponsored brands has been keyword targeting, right? Yeah. And our our advice for years was let's use exact match keywords because you could use other match types, but there was no search term report. And that's changed, mm-hmm. I think, much earlier this year that finally happened. And that was a welcome change. Uh, negative keywords came just before that. So mm-hmm. that's a, a very, very welcome change. You know, these things are kind of necessary building blocks for an ad campaign where you're going to have to measure results and make changes. Um, and then we also have two other targeting types. Yeah, uh, but before we start talking about two other um, targeting types, I, I would still mm-hmm. stay on keywords. Like since there is a huge difference between sponsor product ads and sponsor brand ads, uh, like for sponsor product ads, you can create a whole bunch of different ad groups. 
and mm -hmm. you cannot create ad groups in sponsor brand ads. Like, should you place all three match types? Well, four match types in in <laughs> <laughs> like with a twist. Ta da! Uh, sh should you use all of the match types in 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 that one specific campaign? Like, what what's your best practice? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks thanks for tossing the softball for me on that one. Yeah, let, let's talk about <laughs> it because what what we what we've determined is that broad uh, broad match inside of sponsored brands is different than broad match inside of sponsored products. Broad okay. match in sponsored brands is like, it's way more of a shotgun approach. It's it's broad match keywords in addition to like related and affiliated searches and topics. So let's say that you're doing um, like rain jacket is a good example. You might get searches for rain umbrellas um, or uh, I don't know, uh, like those like rain boots, those galoshes, I'm not sure what you call those, but like the really big rain boots because mm -hmm. those are products that are kind of related to what you're selling. So when we tried uh, broad match, when it first rolled out with sponsored brands, we were kind of horrified actually to discover what was in our search terms and how irrelevant a lot of these things were. Um, we we quickly, you know, changed that around. Um, and one thing related to that is, is broad match modified. So what is broad match modified? It's like broad match with an extra twist to it. And that twist is you yeah. put a plus sign after the word, and that means that that word must be included in the search. So it's it's more true to how broad match kind of works in Amazon's mm -hmm. sponsored products. Um, and we also don't really use that too much because our best practice still with keywords is mostly exact match and then some phrase here and there sprinkled in, maybe in its own campaign, broken out entirely separate. Basically, like Amazon's approach here is more like Google Ads for for years they they had both broad, broad match types uh, like for ages including um broad match modifier with plus and like the regular broad match and now we have that with um sponsor brand ads on on Amazon and that's that's pretty cool like i remember one of the first things that i screwed up to be honest ever when i started working on ppc was i i worked for like danish market and i was advertising um like armband like for running mm -hmm. where you place a uh, cell phone and you run mm -hmm. and you can like use it like there and like it's exactly the same word in danish that you can use for like bracelet and you can use for uh band for watch and whole bunch of different stuff and it started burning so much money in like full road <laughs> like uh -huh. i I I I want, literally wanted to kill myself because I made that kind of mistake. <laughs> yeah, you cannot imagine it. It was like a huge campaign in Denmark, and like I, I screwed it up big time. So you you definitely walk the line between exposure and spend a little bit too heavily <laughs> on the on the exposure side, huh? Full brand awareness. Yeah, yeah that's right. Brand awareness, everyone. <laughs> Impressions. Brand awareness. Everyone was very aware of the brand. Well, you guys heard it here first. Danish PPC tips. Hot from 10 years ago when Lazar started working with ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be careful so. with those broad match modifiers. But that does relate nicely to this point, which is sponsored brands are not the kind of ad type where you're going to put in a bunch of keywords and search for other longer tail stuff. That's what sponsored products is for. And I know we were uh, discussing some of Amazon's recommended practices just before this recording. And you mentioned something you read on Amazon's site recently. What was it? Uh, the keyword suggestions they had? Yeah, yeah, they, they they said that you should have at least 25 keywords and all match types in one campaign, which, to be honest, I find completely insane. 
I would literally never do that. Especially like one one of the basic things that you should know about PPC is when you create campaigns, you shouldn't place all of the match types in the same ad group. Because when you do some negative keywords and you want to negate stuff, you can either block your exact form or like block everything or like damage that campaign a lot. So uh, when when you branch them out, when you have different ad groups with different match types, it's way, way easier to negate stuff and like narrow down the search funnel. So one of the things that you cannot do with sponsor brands is basically to have different ad groups. So in this case, what we usually do... Right. They don't exist. Yeah, we usually create separate campaigns, to be honest, when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know mm-hmm. what's your practice. Yeah, and if yeah. we do add phrase, we'll sprinkle in just a few. So let's say we have the top, the top, 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 um, you know, non, non-branded kind of category or generic keywords. And then those are an exact. And we have bids on those controlled either with software or from our own kind of algorithms that we've established are, are suitable for that. And then... Uh, we might have a phrase version of that at a lower bid, but just like one or two of those sprinkled in um, just to see what else we can catch. And now since we have search term reports and we have the ability to set negatives, we can make good decisions based on that. Used to be that you would put in a phrase match keyword and that could screw up the whole campaign. So that would have to be in its own its own separate one. That was such um, huge. So I, you know, I largely agree with you, though. The, I don't have anything really to, to add on to that. I, it I agree. was such a huge headache. And I, I remember mm-hmm. having troubles with with um, guys talking about um, having exact form with plural or not, and like having two versions of the same keyword, one with s at the end and one without, and like bidding yes, differently. That's right. So that, that 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 was a huge headache for me as well. Like both versions are going to. To, to trigger uh, the search term. And, and like that, that's the fact. And that's something that we tested millions of right. times. But sometimes like people right. tell, tell, say that, that like one version is going to work better than the other. And you know what, what's like really common thing that people screw up, to be honest, but nobody talks about that? Cap- uh, capital letters. Like they use the same words, like brand with like capital B and the other one is with everything lower cases and they have both versions there. <laughs> Maybe it's because like when they prepare keywords in like Word or Excel or some spreadsheet or whatever, so it changes automatically. I don't know, but it's the same word basically. Mm-hmm. And I think we went too far with keywords. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we went too far. Well, I was going to say, I, I think that uh, I think that that is probably a conversation that is certainly applicable to this. But yeah, in general, you know, your keywords should be probably lowercase. I don't, I don't see a point in making them uppercase and plurals and that kind of stuff are going to be covered by different match types, depending on how you apply it. But yeah, maybe we should move on to ASIN and category targeting. So in addition to keywords, along with sponsored products, you know, shortly thereafter, we got the ability to target by ASIN and category inside of sponsored brands. So they're just, you know, multiplying the number of things we can do with these with, the, with this ad type. Um, and so, yeah, we use ASIN targeting pretty heavily mm-hmm. uh, from either direct competitor ASINs, ones we uncover in automatic campaigns, or those we think are just a good fit and want to add in. Maybe they're like less competitive products with lower traffic, but we think we can probably beat them with our offer or get their ads on there. Is there any specifics? So it's pretty much the same premise mm-hmm. as, 
sponsored products. Is there any specific strategy that you use there? I, I can share mine, like what we do in Sellers Alley with, with ASIN targeting. Uh, no, I don't have much more to add besides that. <clears throat> yeah, just, just pull them out of the campaigns as usual. Typically, it's like sponsored products is the testing ground and sponsored brands is like uh, where we have fewer but more focused. Yeah, keywords, it's... You know? Going back to the discussion about keyword count, it's like we usually keep it under 30, under 25. Yeah, definitely. We, we don't go over 30 keywords in, 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 in campaign and they're all more or less the same match type. That's like the best practice that, that we realize that we're using and it's working for us flawlessly. And as you mentioned, like sponsor brands are, are a bit more refined and that's something that we learned through history that like you test everything and sponsor product ads and like what's working there you transfer it to, to sponsor brands like that's the start like if something is working in in sponsor product ads you take it as exact match type form and create campaign with with all of that in for for a sponsor brand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and the last thing is category targeting well obviously it's more or less the same as for sponsor product ads where you can target specific categories obviously that's like self-explanatory but the thing is <laughs> it's, in the name. <laughs> it's in the name so like what what you can do there you can refine it and if you don't refine it it's like burning money you can just sit there and burn your burn cash and like you're going to do the same thing so like what we strongly suggest is do refining of category targeting and like go through a whole bunch of different options that you can do there from like target specific pricing target specific um review rating or like brand or a whole bunch of different stuff can be refined there and like yeah those refinements are very welcome yeah in terms of uh, in terms of setting those campaigns up and i think i would never suggest just targeting category straight out you know make sure that you're in the same price ballpark maybe you want to target uh products that have a lower star rating that's helpful um maybe you want to try to target those for a specific brand without the hassle of actually building out all the ASINs in a specific campaign, which would effectively have the same result. You know, if you went in and searched for a competitor brand, got all 10 of their ASINs. And yeah, literally, in, literally uh, the same. You might be able to do it through category targeting instead. But what is really cool there, like if, if you target the brand and if, you, if they add more ASINs, you don't need to double check that. So you don't... Yeah, good point. Good point. I, I would definitely suggest targeting brand instead of just targeting a couple of ASINs from one brand. Well, if you want to target those specific ASINs, that's pretty cool. But like, I I, I want to, to, to mention one thing that I find super logical about ASIN targeting. Like nobody's going to write down the ASIN. And that means that if you're doing ASIN targeting, are you going to show up on the top of the search result page? I'm pretty sure you're not going to show up there. You're going to show up at product listing page. You mean when someone types in an ASIN directly? Yeah, that's no nobody's nobody's going to do that. Like, I, well, nobody does that. Yeah, only people that do that are us <laughs> because we copy and paste it from client accounts or reports, and we want to see what it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's the only time I can think of anyone doing that. Yes. Um, you know, I doubt that your grandma is going to go and search on on Amazon and put the yeah, ASIN like in. B zero one. Oh, this is my favorite eight. ASIN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, when when you, when you're no. going to do ASIN targeting, like most of the time, you're going to shop at product listing page. I'm pretty sure that's like pretty logical thing. So I don't know. I don't have any data to share on that. Do you want to talk about pros and cons? Sure, 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 sure. But maybe we can okay. we can mention where you can send your traffic. That's that's the interesting one. Oh, that's essential. 
Yeah, we should do that. All right. So let, let me let me kick it off. Then the the most obvious place would be uh, a custom page. So you've created a landing page, which is three or more products, and you send the traffic right to that from any one of the targeting types we talked about. Historically, we also had something called um, like the, the URL, custom URL. To my knowledge, Lazar, I don't know if that exists anymore. Maybe in some Amazon uh, advertising console accounts, but I know in Seller Central, I, I think that feature was never ported over. And back in the day, people used to Super do URLs those URLs and... that would... Uh, yeah, yeah, you could do all kinds of little tricks in there. I think none of that stuff really is, is uh, you know, is of the moment anymore. And I don't, I don't hear about people doing that. I don't think we do that actively for no, clients. No, no, that, that's that's history, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. So and so the other type would be the store page or Amazon store, um, which I think is probably the most important one to one to cover yeah so you, you don't necessarily need to use your blending page for like the home page of your store you can use any page of your storefront so basically mm-hmm. like if you're targeting specific products group of products if you're selling more than one category if you're selling a whole bunch of different stuff you can send people to the specific page of your storefront and what's super interesting that changed i think around the beginning of this year uh, when they started introducing like only ads with logo in front instead of the image, um, mm-hmm. you can now show your ads with like zero ASINs that that are available. So if if you have if you added like couple of ASINs, three, five, ten, I don't know, um, and you ended up without any of them in in, in stock, you can still use your campaign is still live basically. And you can burn a lot of money that way because of brand awareness. Like Amazon is letting you show your logo and that's it. Well, I'm, I think that also unlock the ability to run a campaign against one ASIN. You know, if you have a, a page that is a, a store, that, that's your landing page, you can run against one ASIN in particular too. Like you could start a new campaign doing that, which is not useful for pretty much any of our clients because they don't have catalogs that small, mm-hmm. but that might be really applicable and useful for some someone listening to this. And that's worth investigating. Either way, I recommend investing in a store page because like Lazar said, you can um, drive traffic to specific sub pages and like different sections of that store page. So going back to the rain, the rain gear example that I gave earlier, you know, you can have a page just for mm-hmm. rain boots. And then if your keywords and your copy is all aligned towards rain boots, you're going to send someone to the rain boots sub page. And what you're doing is reducing friction, right? Mm-hmm. So you're making their kind of purchasing journey as seamless as possible, and you're getting them aligned as closely as possible to what they're looking for. You, you want to remove any kind of barriers to them purchasing or considering a purchase. So, you know, kind of effortlessly guiding them towards that, towards that sub page is really a, a great thing. And uh, I mean, we do this for our clients uh, where possible, you know, they have to have a good store page. It really is going to be compelling to, to do that in the first place, but I think we don't see this done nearly as often as as we probably should, you know, from competitors or just in the marketplace in general. And the, the work to do it is not that much. I mean, you don't have to build a website or yeah. anything; just build a store page. It's yeah, simple. but Amazon like worked really hard to make it complicated, like just like always. Because why not? Like when you want to send uh, people to your storefront, how can you do it? You can use different uh, ad formats. You can use store spotlights which is pretty cool thing. It's not like product collection. It's not video. 
So it's it's yeah. available only for mobile only, and that's that's something that is interesting. Mm-hmm. So you can combine different stuff. But if you, for example, choose a product collection and to promote multiple products from a landing page on your of, of your choice, and you get one extra option that is called optimize your ad. So you have like a checkbox that you can like check and. Um, basically what you do there, you let Amazon show other products from, from your landing page in the ad, uh, if they end up being more relevant for, for the search query, or if there is a chance that your CTR is going to be higher by decision of Amazon's algorithm or not. So that's something that is super interesting that you're not able to use anywhere else, basically. Right. That's just in combination with store pages to be to be yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's just what that, that's combination with product collection and and if you choose product collection and if if basically because you can choose which products are going to show in in the ad like logo plus free products and if those free products are not going to be like the most like clickable amazon is going to show some other product instead of those free mm-hmm. and that's that's the whole point so Maybe we should talk about what's the purpose of sponsor brands, because I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, sponsor brands are really nice, but I, I don't have <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't have many sales. Like when, when, when you. Well, mm-hmm, sorry. I, I mean, I think the, the purpose of it is maybe more to and this is one thing we haven't even covered, but to to give a the ability to kind of tell your story, like your brand story to searchers and then not just on the SERP anymore, you know, the search results page, but on everywhere where the ad type shows up on Amazon, uh, whereas sponsored products might be more like, all right, let's drive consistent sales against this keyword. Sponsored brands is not really for that. I mean, it's, it makes up a larger and larger percentage of ad revenue for a lot of our clients as time goes on, certainly since, you know, two years ago when it was basically the stone age for this like ad type and they had like no features that we just spent 20 minutes talking about, but I think that all the different creative types that are available here and what Amazon is experimenting with, that's kind of like the point of sponsored brands to me, whereas sponsored products, you know, still no ability to create custom creative, can't even write a headline, certainly can't use video. You know, all these new things that sponsored brands has are the leg up uh, on the more traditional ad type. of Yeah. Also, you are able to edit your ads now. And that that's a really cool thing. That's right. So, like with combination of different um, ad types and different landing pages and different uh, targeting types, it's go- it's getting more and more complicated, and it's giving you more and more options what what you can do there. So, yeah, like what I like um, like telling people when we talk about sponsor brands is like sponsor brands are more of like brand awareness as well. So. Um, Everybody t- talks about last click sales. Nobody talks about how how you get your get your client and like how do they realize that you exist as a brand and if your product is really cool to purchase or I don't know. So like the point when you go to like when you travel or like you're on a bus or wherever and like you check your cell phone and you're searching for something like probably you're going to click on sponsor brand ad. And after that, you're like, oh, it's my stop. I'm going to leave um, the bus or like whatever. You're going to go to your laptop or something and you're you're going to know like what to search for. And you're going to search for you're you're going to use some other search query and you're going to end up with purchasing product, but without affiliating that sale to sponsor brand, basically. So 
uh, it might be considered to be organic or it might be considered to be sponsored product sale, but not sponsored brand sale. And people are usually like, oh, I got so many clicks, but I don't, I'm not getting any sales. Well, this might be the reason like why that can happen. So I, I find them to be really, really good when it comes to brand awareness, especially like with new thing with video ads. Video ads are something that is becoming more and more big, like bigger and bigger. And like, because not everybody's using video ads, there, there are not many competitors that are using it. So you can definitely show up and stand out comparing to others by having video ads there. And like, I, I yeah, and Amazon even provides a metric that is specifically designed to measure this, right? The new mm-hmm. to brand percentage, right? So typically, and you can share with me what you guys see, but we see anywhere from uh, 80 to like 85% typically in an account of customers that are new to brand that come through sponsored brands sales. That's just sales I'm talking about, not like mm-hmm. clicks or awareness that Lazar is talking about, which, you know, attribution on Amazon is never 100%. It's never 100% on Google for that matter or other platforms, but these companies do the best they can <laughs> with what with what they have, you know, there's limitations to the technology, obviously, uh, but that metric of new to brand purchases, what that basically means is that that person, a shopper, hasn't purchased in the last 365 days. So they haven't interacted or bought from your brand in at least a year. And I think the assumption there is ever would be would be the case. You know, they've never bought from your brand. So that's a useful metric that we don't have for sponsored products. But I think Amazon put that in there for a reason. We did one kind of analysis inside of our team that literally told us that basically what we noticed there is that uh, sponsored brand ads are having the highest impact on organic sales comparing to other uh, campaign types, be- just because of that brand mm-hmm. awareness that we man- that we mentioned. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. That's very cool. So that that that's one of the things. So uh, is there anything else that we would like to cover here? Maybe just quick pros and cons. I think we've already talked about pros, like for most of the episode, <laughs> like store pages, uh, you know, the ability to adjust uh, the uh, match types and like how that works. For some cons, though, I, one thing I would say is since there are no ad groups, you do have to scale campaigns up and that becomes more difficult. And another part of that that's uh, challenging, since we do have so many levers to pull with creative, true A-B testing is not really possible because Amazon doesn't have a f- uh, kind of a facility for that built into the uh, South Central interface or certainly not in the API. Um and another con I would say is that sponsored brands video and the data surrounding that is also not in the API. So we use different softwares to do reporting and help us with that uh, for clients. And we have to gather the data for sponsored brands video, which many of our U.S. clients, if not all of them, are using. Uh, so that's like a hole in the data there. And that's frustrating, yeah. too. So Amazon's slow to catch up with these things, as usual. Yeah, but overall, I, I think... Like Amazon is going in the right direction when it comes to sponsor brand ads and like they're giving more and more options and that's really, really good to see. Yeah, I feel like sponsored brands has kind of become the testing place for Amazon to roll new stuff out. I feel like it's hitting there more than sponsored products these days. Like a a new thing will come to sponsored brands and that's like the hot new thing and all the Facebook groups and everything, the podcasts for a bit. Uh, And it's almost always the sponsored brands that gets it first. Yeah, and like I, I remember when... If you ask me like a year or two ago, uh, what's the percentage of sales coming from sponsor brand ads comparing to other campaign types? I would say like 
seven, eight, maybe 10%. Mm -hmm. Not more than that. But now I feel like that sponsor brand ads can take way more, especially if you combine them with with organic sales that are increasing. So they're really, really important part of the funnel, especially like when you do reporting, when you check your uh, campaign manager or like depending on when you listen to this episode, if everything is moved to advertising console and so on. Like when you compare stuff and when you go to um, business reports, you're not going to be able to see just because like if if like people created, oh, this is one really important thing to mention. If you, if you have AMS, like advertising console, and if you have campaign manager, like where are you creating your sponsor brand ads? That's, I think, something that that's. Everybody ask you, Brent. Uh, wherever they have best performance. I mean, yeah. at this point, I would say if you're starting new ones, start them in Seller Central or whatever your advertising console login is for your former Seller Central account. Um, not the entity, aka, which would be the uh, you know AMS, formerly AMS, because that's just, I, I honestly still think that's going to go away in time. And there's a lot of depreciated ad types available in there. Like we have a lot of product display ads, for instance, running in there or some of the headline search with the custom URL that are still active. I'm not sure how long Amazon's going to let those things be there before they just consolidate, clean up the platform. So I wouldn't advise building out new stuff there if you can, if you can avoid yeah, that. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's my thought on it, at least. If you had to give an estimate, Lazar, what, what percentage of sales in, let's just say, like uh, larger U.S. accounts that really use sponsored brands seriously, what percentage of sales do you think would come from that ad, that campaign type in those well, accounts? Well, it's definitely not 7% anymore. I think it's double. No, I think it's not. at least double. It's like at least 15%. Like, depending how well you structured your account. But if you have everything set in place, I'm pretty sure that, like, at least 15% of your uh, ad revenue is coming from sponsor brand ads. And also, like your organic sales are up for at least 10% because of those. Because of that. Yeah, I was going to go even higher, actually, and say in some accounts, I think it may be as high as 20, maybe even the low 20s, you know, 22, 23%. And that, that's a huge um, change. Where they're, where they're going that's full board. That's a huge change. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, so if, if you want to increase your business for 15 to 20, 25%, maybe you should consider using sponsor brand ads. I think that that's a good takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it for me. I mean, I, I definitely agree all brands should be using these, testing them aggressively, getting serious about the new ad types, the creative. You know, it might seem like a hassle, but hey, at the end of the day, if that's going to bring home another uh, large percentage of business and get you in front of a new audience, it's worth it. So willing to try. Yeah, cool. I think we covered everything. Uh, guys, if you have any extra questions that we that you would like us to cover about sponsor brand ads, and if you have any kind of questions, please send us an email on ask at wildppcbunch.com. And... We're going to talk next week about some other cool stuff. Thank you so much, Brent, for joining today. Yeah, thanks, Lazar. Talk to you next time. Have fun. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.